Amen. Luke chapter 19. And uh, I want to read from verse 30 from verse 32. It says, so those who were sent went away and found it just as he told them. As they were untying the coat, its owners said to them, why are you untying the coat? They said, the Lord has need of it. They brought it to Jesus and they threw their coats on the coat and put Jesus, come on somebody, on it. And he was going, as he was going, they were spreading their coats on the road. As soon as he was approaching near the descent of Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of the disciples began to praise God. Look at this. Joyfully with a loud voice for all the miracles which they had seen shouting what? Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven. Amen. Glory in the highest. I want to talk about this morning, Palm Sunday, the changing of power. I want to talk about the changing of power. Amen, amen, amen. After four years of what we may call, some may call, the worst years in America, change has come. From scandals to police brutality to marches to deportation, racism, classism, cultism, amen, and eventually a national uprising on the Capitol, the day came when there was a change of power, amen. It's amazing because when this change came, Amen. The the other party was so upset that they could not accept the fact that change had came in America. Do I have anybody? Well, when I look at this passage today, I see the same thing. I see that Jesus had been walking with his disciples for three years. Amen. The Pharisees were having their way. They were, they were persecuting Jesus. They were lying on Jesus. They were doing all this stuff. Amen to Jesus. But the day came, hallelujah to his holy name, when change of power happened. Palm Sunday is called Palm Sunday because of the branches that they had placed on the road because they did not want the Messiah, hallelujah to his holy name, to, to touch the ground, to touch the dirt. In other words, they were treating Jesus like royalty. The triumphant entry, though, it is amazing because 483 years before, Daniel prophesied that the king would come into Jerusalem, come on and help me somebody, and he would be mounted on a donkey, on a colt, amen, and he would come in. It's amazing how the Bible has so much accuracy, the accuracy of the Bible, and then to see the prophecy come to pass. Listen, the day was going to come 
when one person in power wasn't going to be there very long. I wish I had somebody. It was already prophesied. It was already prepared. It was already planned by God. Amen. That power was going to change. Despite what many or millions have thought or think. Amen. God is in control of who is in power. I want to share some things, some things with you this morning. They are heading in. The Passover is over. About five days before the Passover, Jesus uh, and his disciples were coming from Bethany. And they were coming to the most important feast of the year. 300,000 people were making the pilgrimage. Amen. Luke says in Luke 19, 7, when you look at this passage, we find that Luke says that when they, Jesus saw Zacchaeus in the tree, he says, Zacchaeus, today I'll come to your house. In other words, Zacchaeus wanted to get to Jesus. He, he heard about Jesus. He, he said, I want to see who this man is, but he had some disabilities. He had some, uh, issues the way he was born. He was a short man. So he used the sycamore tree. Come on, help me somebody. And he climbed up the tree because he wanted to get a glimpse of Jesus. May I ask you a question? What will you do to get a glimpse of Jesus? Do I have anybody? And then we find that, that then Jesus said, Zacchaeus, today I'll come to your house. But, but if you look at Luke chapter 19, verse 7, you find it says, And when they saw that Jesus was at the house, they all grumbled, saying what? He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Are you seeing that? What, what they didn't realize is that Jesus came for sinners. He didn't come for the righteous. He came for the sinners. He came for people like you and I. Tell your neighbor a change of power. T tell your neighbor the change has happened. And I don't know about you, but... When he came into my life, come on somebody, he made a change in my life. And when you have a change of power, it means that policies change. It means that practices change. It means that purposes change. Luke chapter 19 verse 7, but if you go to Luke chapter 19 verse 11, Jesus, before he goes to the cross, he's giving some clear instructions. He talks, he, he spoke to them about the parable about how to use money. He talks about some had gotten, one had gotten one and one had gotten ten and, but they had, but, but the illustration here that Jesus was saying is that when I leave here, what are you going to do with what I leave with you? Are you going to invest it? What are you doing with God's talents that he has given you? What are you doing with the minnows? That he has entrusted to you. Amen. God has entrusted you worldly wealth. God has entrusted you spiritual wealth. Come on somebody. And God is asking the question today. Are you investing what I have given to you? Jesus now comes into Jerusalem. And if you look at verse 30. There's just a few things I want to show you. Verse 28 says, and after he had said these things, amen, talking about the parable, he was going ahead, on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. 
And when he, when he approached Bethpage and Bethany, near the mount that is called Olive, he sent two of his disciples, watch this, saying, go into the village ahead of you. There, as you enter, you will find a coat tied on which no one yet, look at it now, where no one yet, I'm saying one more time, where no one yet has ever sat. In other words, a fresh coat. No, no one has ever sat on this coat. And so the first thing I see with, with, with the change of power, I see his instruction. It's my first point. His instructions. It is important, saints, <coughs> that when you get revelation, Amen. And when you get instructions from God, that you follow his instructions. One of the things I found out, <clears throat> one of the things I found out <clears throat> is that people who hear the word, but they don't apply the word. What if the disciples did not do exactly what Jesus said to do? Watch the instructions. He says, go, you'll find a coat on which no one has ever sat. Untie it. Bring it here. If anyone asks you what, why are you untying it? You shall say what? The Lord. Come on and help me somebody. But the Lord has what? Need of it. Could it be that God has been calling you? God has been giving you instructions. God has been saying to you, come, follow me. I have need. Come on, somebody, of you. Come on, somebody. I, I need to use your life for my glory. And I believe that what we have to do really as believers, when there's a change of power, you and I have to find out what that instruction is. What is God instructing you to do today? Next thing we see in verse 31, he says, if anyone has need, verse 32, so those who were sent were, went, went away and found it what? Just as he had told them. Come on, somebody. So what does that tell you about Jesus? The next thing I see not only is his instruction, but I see his insight. The one thing I want to tell you about Jesus. Listen, you, you've been trying to figure it out. But God says what you're trying to figure out, I've already worked out. Come on, somebody. I have insight into everything because I'm omniscient. I'm omnipresent. I'm omnipotent. With my power, hello, somebody. When you follow God's instructions, you will find everything the way he said is going to be. Can you imagine if you start living your life like that? If you really start living your life in obedience to God and watch it and following the instructions because you know that he has insight. Look at the text. The text says, watch this. The stubborn donkey. Amen. The stubborn will of the donkey. Watch this. Submitted to Jesus. And the stubborn disciples 
submitted to Jesus. May I ask you a question? Are you stubborn? (laughs) Is your will so strong that you don't think that nobody could tell you anything because you already know everything? Do I have a witness? But I want to tell you something about Jesus and these disciples. These disciples, even though they didn't understood, God had to move them to a place where they could come to, to a place of surrender in order to submit to his will. Listen, you got to understand, a donkey that has not been ridden before needs to be broken in. Come on, somebody. What does God have to do? Hallelujah. To, to, to get you and I to a place where he can use you for his glory. Tell your neighbor the change of power. We go on to verse 35. It says, and then they, 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 they said, the Lord, the, the, the owner of the coat said, what y'all doing? Y'all stealing my stuff? He said, no, the Lord has what? You see, and that's the other thing you have to do. You have to make sure you follow instructions, <clears throat> but you got to make sure that you say what the Lord says. Stop making stuff up. Say what the Lord says. If you quote the scripture, come on somebody. If you live the scripture, you got to quote the scripture. And notice, they asked. Matter of fact, Jesus already knew that they would be shell-shocked. Jesus already knew that they would have some form of opposition. Moses, when God called him, God said, listen, I want you to go... Talk to Pharaoh. He said, but, 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 but see, I, I, I stutter. See, he had a whole bunch of excuses. Amen. Jonah, God told him to go down to Nineveh. He said, no, nah, I don't like them people. Uh-uh. <clears throat> he paid his fare and he went down. Are you with me? It's very interesting to me how when Jesus needs us, how we hesitate. How we give excuses. So what he did, what Jesus did is he eliminated the excuses by giving them the right what? Instructions. Because he had what? Insight. Are you with me? Are you following me? Amen. Now, let's let's look at verse 35. They brought it to him. And what did they do? They threw their coats. I found out something. When you have an encounter with Jesus, he has access to everything you have. Are you with me? They did not hold back their coats. I wish I had some. Their personal items. I can imagine this at this time in Jerusalem, the temperature was between 20 and 30 degrees. Come on, somebody. But they took their coats off. Oh, I wish I had somebody. And they threw it on the back of the donkey because they understood that the king had arrived. There was a change in power. See, you got to understand the Jews were waiting for this moment. The Jews were anticipating this moment. They read the scripture and they knew that a Messiah was coming. They didn't just know when. But God revealed his son to some. And to others who stand against him. Amen. They were standing off in the cut watching. You see, you got to understand something about your critics. They're going to criticize everything you do because guess what? They, won't, they don't want to line up with the, with the program. Matter of fact, they don't like change. 
They don't like the change of power. That's why they fight and cuss and do all kinds of stuff. Because change offends them. And that's what Jesus was, an offense to them. But I thank God. Can I ask you a question? Can he have your coat? My, 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 my. They brought it to Jesus and they put it on. Verse 36. And as he was going, they were spreading their coats on the road. As soon as he approached near the descent of what? Mount Olive. The whole crowd of the, of the disciples began to what? Now, praise God. <laughs> what, what I see here is his introduction to the world. That's the next point. His introduction to the world, to the masses as the king of kings. In other words, amen, Jesus now is the last man standing. In other words, Jesus won, hallelujah, the, not the Democratic Party leader. Oh, I wish I had somebody. Not the Republican Party leader. But God's party leader. And here he is, his introduction to the world. They met him as a king. Hallelujah. Now, remember, let's just rewind the story for a minute. You and I in our contemporary minds, in our... Uh, modern mind would think that if you have a king, he would come in in a limousine. Oh, I wish I had somebody. Uh, let's rewind the tape a little bit. If you have a king in Jerusalem, he would come in on a chariot. But it tells you something about our king. I'm talking about his introduction to the world. He came in as an humble servant. He knew who he was. He did not need to be pumped up to be king because he understood that he was already king. He had always been king. Y'all with me? Watch this. Watch this now. Watch this now. His introduction to the world as king was an humble servant. Look at the text. The text says they what they praise God joyfully with a what? With a loud voice. For all the miracles. See, our king. Our king does miracles. Our king doesn't just look out for himself. Our king can open blind eyes. Come on, somebody. Our king <laughs> can pick you up. Oh, I wish I had somebody. Our king can save your soul. Our king. See, when there's a change of power, you got to ask yourself a question. Who's benefiting from that power? Our king is the king of kings. He's the Lord of Lords. He's everything, all that in a bag of chips. Watch this, watch this, watch this. But then, but then lastly, on this day 2,000 years ago, <laughs> not only do we see his introduction, but we see his inauguration. 
and his impact. You see, Jesus didn't need to count. Jesus didn't need to count. He didn't need aerial photographs of uh, Washington to prove that he was king. (laughs) To say this is how many people showed up at my inauguration. I'm trying to help somebody that's watching right now. He didn't need that. You see, because our king, amen, is confident. Our king is caring. Our king is charismatic. Our king has power in both hands. And he don't need nobody to do his dirty work for him. Our king. Tell your neighbor, change of power. You see, you see, verse 35 says they were shouting. Hallelujah. They, verse 38, it says uh, they were shouting what? Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed be the name of the Lord, right? That's what the King James says. Amen. Verse 39 says, but some of the Pharisees in the crowd said, teacher, rebuke your disciples. Why was the Pharisees always hating? May I tell you something? There's always going to be some haters at your your inauguration. There's always going to be some haters. Palm Sunday. There's always going to be haters around. But you can't pay so much attention to your haters where you miss the fact that God is blessing you. Do I have anybody? So we see his instructions. We see his insight. Come on, somebody. We see his introduction to the world. We see his inauguration and his impact. And on this day 2,000 years ago, there was a change of power. There was a change of political power. There was a change of spiritual power. There there was a change of wonder-working power. There was healing power. There was saving power. In the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, today for the change of power. I am no longer of this world. So I will no longer conform to this world. My citizenship is in heaven because 2,000 years ago on a cross, Jesus made it possible for us to experience this power. Very interesting. The haters came out. But Jesus told him, man, be quiet. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to say it one more time. Be quiet. Amen. That's what he said. He said te- te- I tell you, if these became silent, he said, listen, if they became silent, may I ask you a question? Is the rocks crying out louder than you in worship today? He says, if these people are silent, the stones will cry out. Because the stones recognize that there's a change in power. I don't know about you. And it ain't because I got my stimmy. You understand? But I recognize. (laughs) I've been recognized. That there's a change in power. Come on, give God a hand clap praise. (laughs) 
Amen. To God be the glory for the great things that he has done.